for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You. Between you. Me. Between. Rock. Everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 95 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we have a very special guest this week. I've teased him a couple of times and episodes in the past he comes from a land very familiar to those that have heard a previous guest of ours steel saunders although our buddy that we have tonight likes to call him the colonel from what i understand he is a cock man and not a dick man and we'll get into that in a second he hated hated the new powers rangers power rangers movie and his review was all i needed to hear to know that i wanted no part of that business oh dude i can't wait to hear that from the Geek Dudes Podcast, and hey, hey, it's the podcast. What's the, it's Chris Fresh. Hey, now, um, yeah. Unlike the Colonel Steel Saunders, um, this is no safe haven with me in the room. So, <laughs> um, yeah, brace yourselves, listeners. No, um, yeah, it's hey, hey, it's the podcast. Um, right. Hey, hey, it's Saturday for my international friends. Was so, I don't think there's a lot like it. It was sort of like a Tonight Show that was once a week on a Saturday, but way more wacky than anything like that. And it sort of ran from the late 70s up until the end of the 90s. And it's a real time capsule. So um, we go back and watch it, and it's so wrong. <laughs> Everything that would um, sort of... You'd think this was showing on a Saturday night at 6.30 with Nana and Grandad and everybody sitting around the TV watching this, and it's so casually racist and so sexist. Oh, no. <laughs> but i I got to say completely charming in that if you look at it from it was just another time um which some people can't do which i understand but for me it's like ah look people just didn't know (laughs) Um, and it's so wrong so yeah we sort of go back in time and sort of um review that which is a lot of fun but geek dudes is completely different and yeah we'll fuck power rangers (laughs) okay you gotta tell me why I mean, if this is not the time for that, we may we may need to do the business first. But no, no, no. Oh, no. oh yeah, I, I I don't mind a bit of business. Like business me. All right. Well, 
fine. I got two Another dudes dude asking, that likes the business. Two dudes asking me to give them the business. God damn it. Oh, if I'm oh, not going to whip it out and give them the business. You can <laughs> like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can buy our shirts and whatnot at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. We've got the brand new Kia D Ride the Lightning shirt available. And it's getting a great response, and uh, people are buying them up, so join the club. And we are super proud to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with such other great Star Wars podcasts as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Rogue One, First Order Transmissions, Tarkin's Top Shelf, and The Cargo Hold. There, there's the business. Big shots on the making Star Wars network, making it to the big time. I, it's all Hawes. You, I mean, that's that's the guy that got us where we are today. Well, okay. it didn't want to, didn't want to sort of join Shot Glass Digital or anything like that, you know? <laughs> no, you know what? I, I don't think I would mix well with the uh, old Shot Glass Digital. But oh, I, I do hear that there's an abundance of snack cakes to be had if you're part of the team. Mmm, delicious. So yeah, why don't uh, why don't you give us a little taste of the Geek Dudes and tell Will and I? I heard your review on the latest mm. Geek Dudes, but Will hasn't. So why don't you give us and a you're quick? Talking to a kid that grew up on we... the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like that was my jam. Like, and I didn't get into all the other different iterations, but the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like I was so down with that as a kid. Like, I mean, little, mm. like elementary school. So I'm interested you, to hear Will? how this is bad. How old are you? Me, I'm 31. Okay, so I'm 38. What about you, Hawes? I just turned 34. Okay, so we're, we're, we're sort of cover, we're spanning the 30s. Like for me with the Power Rangers, I grew up on He-Man and Transformers right. and Mask and Voltron. So I was very strongly in the camp of the old school 80s cartoons. And when I saw this live action stuff pop up, I've got little nephews sort of around your ages. And I was like, oh, what's up with the live action Voltron with the crappy monsters and the terrible overdub and stuff? So I was op- admittedly not a Power Rangers fan at all. Um, but what I was hoping was, because the Transformers movies have been so rotten and the Ninja Turtles movies were horrific. I was hoping that the Power Rangers fans would hate the Power Rangers movie, and I'd like it because it's been a running <laughs> gag on Geek Dudes of me attacking the Power Rangers. And I got into the cinema, and it was just horrific. And this is talking to a guy that, uh, you know, liked Thomas Jane's Punisher. I can sit there and watch things that perhaps the general consensus aren't fans of i can i can have an open mind i saw pacific rim and thought if i was 12 it would have been the greatest film of all time and i would have hired it on my school holidays every single time because it was so much fun but this just but number one 20 minutes of power rangers is what you get in a two-hour movie it felt like it went four hours um and look listen i i can handle attractive young people just going through their terrible issues that they're having as all attractive people do and you know having to form a bond and stuff but the 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 setup was just so brutally long and all over the place and by the time it sort of got to the end my issue was much like transformers is when it formed i think it's called a megazord 
it's just some like silvery blob that doesn't really stand out. And I think what popped us as kids was all the different colors and being able to tell things like when I watch a Transformers movie, I can't tell who's fighting or what on earth is going on. And it makes me want to fly to America and hunt down Michael Bay. But um, I was watching this and it was like, "Eh, it didn't, even when it kicked in, in the action for me personally, I don't know. I, I hated it. Um, Like every half an hour, I sort of was like, fuck this movie. And (laughs) from what you said, like, so spoiler alerts, if you guys really care about this, but so they morph for the first time and they're in their, stupid look i think the new i much like will was into the power rangers but it came from a place of being into the old godzilla movies when i was really young so i was like fuck yeah it's godzilla with a giant robot and they all got dinosaurs and shit but the designs on this movie like the designs of their suits and stuff have just never really clicked with me and then like being out looking for star wars stuff and seeing the new um Power Ranger stuff compared to the new Voltron stuff really makes it stand out about how bad because the new Voltron stuff is essentially the same designs from when we were kids, like with the new toys. Yeah. And, and the toys actually look pretty good. If I didn't already, if my house didn't already look like a fucking Toys R Us, you know, maybe I would (laughs) dip my toes into the Voltron stuff too, but, um, Have you watched Voltron? It's awesome. Yes, it's great. The I love the the new Voltron on Netflix. Yeah, like if you try and watch the old Voltron, it's pretty rough to get through. But um, the new one is really good. And the surprising thing for me is I have a nine-year-old daughter. And she humors me with her love of the stuff I'm into, although she <laughs> is a big Star Wars fan. But when she – like she has taken to Voltron like nothing else – and she she binge watched binge watched the first two seasons, and I'll just um, pop down and she'll be watching Netflix, and I go, "What's going on?" And she goes, oh, "I just want to watch Voltron again." And, wow. uh, and my wife is like, "Of all things, she loves Voltron." <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's really good. It's hard to get modern adaptions that are good, but um, that one is perhaps even better than the original. Yeah, and and you know, Voltron, I know what you mean. Like I, Will and I, when we lived together as. Uh, in college and then later on there were twice that we tried to start watching Voltron and mm. it was it's a rough haul like as a kid I was fascinated and way into it but you it's a it's a sign of the times the pacing's really slow to start off they basically condense like I don't know the first four or five episodes of Voltron into one episode and the Netflix thing it seems like yeah what what blew my mind was Peter Cullen voicing the intro like right. it was like I'm sitting there and I'm going I'm pretty sure that's Optimus Prime. Um, Star Wars fans must be going, what on earth are they talking about? Oh, this happens all the time. This <laughs> no. we're, just... yeah. we're tangential. Yeah, I, oh, I love it when you guys go on a lost tangent. Oh, really? I'm a big lost fan. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, then you're in the right place. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the Power Rangers movie. I, I know my recommendation would be just wait until you can watch it at home like going through the trauma of going to a cinema i don't think you'll relive your childhood but then again um some friends on facebook and stuff have been raving about it and i was like what what the fuck were they watching like (laughs) you know did i I, i'll call it if it was a good movie i think the reason those other people are so positive about it is because you know what really are you expecting you know like Mm. and i know what you're talking about about the megazord it's too humanoid it doesn't look like 
all those Zords would fit together. Like like you said, like you know, part of the magic of it was seeing that li- those lions morph for Voltron, or seeing the different Zords like fit together to make a, a mega Zord. Like it it looks too humanoid. It looks like its own robot. Like where do all the other robot parts fit? And like with the Transformers, like it, they're they're too. There's too much going on. It's almost stimulation overload. It's and the same thing with the Ninja Turtles. Like this is busy. It's all too busy. Like I can't <laughs> pay attention to one thing. You know, Michael Bay, leave my childhood alone. Like oh, I would love a He-Man movie or a Thundercats movie or you know a better GI Joe. But I think GI Joe was in the same vein. You know, it was GI Joe versus Cobra. That's the premise of GI Joe. So when they did that, and you know, there were people. You know, it was terrible. But I mean, really, what are you expecting? GI Joe versus Cobra. Same thing with you know Power Rangers. I'm sure a lot of people love it. You know, teenagers, superpowers versus Rita. You know, you know what? You know, the sheer premise of it. It would have to get dark and gritty. You know, for oh. people to really appreciate it. But to, as know, a I good just story, think if you get if you get five giant fuck off colorful monsters robotic monsters that all form up and form a giant colorful robot that's going to fight another giant monster you can't go wrong with that but they never quite do that and it's like i i don't yeah i don't know fuck that movie um <laughs> and like i at the time with star wars i pablo hidalgo of the star wars um story group is a big transformers fan and he's yes. always sketching transformers on twitter and i loved it when they showed hot rod from the new transformers movie that's about to come out and he goes now you're dialing back the flames <laughs> and it was <laughs> yeah. like so so true like i think what draws us in as kids are the primary colors um, I'm sure there's marketing behind it of make it bright and make it colorful. And uh, you can still have it gritty, but at, like make it so you can see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But look at totally lightsabers. Agree. Like we've all got a favorite uh, colored lightsaber. That's true. Like, we've all watched it and gone like for me, I'm a green man. I'm a blue guy myself. I am as well. I'm a green guy. Yeah, um, you can tell those that saw Return of a Jedi and went, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I think there's um, there, there's something very appealing in that, that uh, for some, I, I, I'm not a technological expert, maybe that it it's too hard to generate with a computer, but it d- doesn't make sense to me. So me either. I totally get where you're coming from. Another thing that you sort of bring up on Geek Dudes quite a bit, and... Um, <clears throat> Just a little background, what got me started on you guys' podcast was a marathon, almost four-hour episode that you did with Steel, where the entire idea was you were going to talk about the Rogue One trailer, and it just, <laughs> and I'm, I'm listening, I'm like, they're going to talk about it any minute now, man, it's coming, it's coming, and then another thing would come up. But uh, something I learned that uh, you're into that a lot of my friends are into more than me, but I have some experience with. Uh, not personally, is wrestling, professional wrestling. Yes. Well, I, um, I, I wrestled when I was younger and was completely terrible at it. And, um, but I was a really good talker and uh, very creative. So um, I sort of became like an announcer slash character for years. And these days have been working behind the scenes in Australia's biggest wrestling company. Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and I, I sort of, like, in wrestling, if people know wrestling, I'm like the booker. 
Um, so like, I guess like the head writer sort of thing um, in charge of dealing with egotistical jacked up assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but, and yeah, I've just sort of stepped away this year. I'm having a bit of a break, but yeah, no, I've um, had many strange encounters in wrestling over the, what is it now? I'm sounding old, probably around 17 years now. I've been involved in the wrestling business. Well, when I was a kid, uh, it was during the whole Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania, Andre the Giant, and it was a time when everybody me on Twitter. <laughs> everybody I know, man, that's fun. You know what bums me out? I can't. Hulk having sex with his best friend's wife really bums me the fuck out, man. Really, Mrs. Clem was an attractive lady. I'm. I am not speaking of anything. Of it's just like. I don't know, man. Like, I would hope that even if, like, I, w- I went up to Will and I was like, you got to have sex with Jesse in this special room I made that's got cameras. He'd be like, hard pass. Hard pass. You're my friend. Not Hulk. Suit yourself, Will. He's all, he's all in the room fucking talking about how he, he ate 26 pieces of sushi and he feels fat. I saw the video. Thank you, Gawker. Thank you for that nightmare. <laughs> What's even more sad is, you know, his wife left him for some... Like one of his son's buddies or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah it kind of looked, kind of looked like a younger version of him, or almost and looked Hogan's, like his son Nick, which I guess is similar. Because yeah, and Hogan's married to a woman that kind of looks like his daughter Brooke. Oof. Like that's oh wow. Like yeah, like it is odd. Um, the, yeah, and it, it's kind of weird when you like. I grew up like you guys. I loved wrestling when i was little and sort of stuck with it the whole time and seeing hulk hogan in those sort of situations is just bizarre like it's weird as we age seeing what our heroes become yeah it's true my my most vivid wrestling memories are when i was in middle school uh we would wrestle in the bathrooms and i know this sounds weird <laughs> but the teacher oh i'm going to wrestle you till your dick falls in my mouth right <laughs> the um the teacher would cut us loose to for a bathroom break and she'd stay in the room and so cuz the bathroom was just like next door to the classroom so we'd go down there and we would make like paper belts we would make belts out of paper and then take them to the class and we'd have like one on one matches or tag team matches and there was always somebody coming out of there with like a knot on their head or like blood coming out of their lip and the teacher's like what's going on in the bathroom and all the guys are like nothing you know but it was like wcw versus nwo days and uh and i remember the wcw versus nwo nintendo 64 game Uh, 40 man battle royal and you couldn't use goldberg because that was cheating it was an instant ring out with the spear like those are my most vivid wrestling like I, i fell out of it after middle school but dude i was so into wrestling in middle school like every raw you know every day whatever day it would come on like i was glued to the tv so yeah it's funny like i still watch wrestling but i i sort of i i look at the modern stuff now it's like i think i'm just watching it out of habit like (laughs) i've followed it for so long and i i guess being involved with it you sort of have to keep with it to see what's going on but it's like like the fact raw goes for three hours it's like so much time to get through but right. you know i've got i've got other interests wrestling <laughs> and they've got this network now where everything's available for ten dollars a month like it's the greatest thing of all time like in australia it wasn't on tv from probably 1990 up until the late 90s so wow. i used to 
I used to have to get involved in like tape trading where um, oh, people wow. would advertise in the local newspaper going, we're selling dubbed cassettes of wrestling. Um, and the amount of weirdos I met. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I bet. Um, you haven't lived. You haven't lived till you've um, gone to a weird wrestling fan's place to buy a $15 blank video cassette. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. I just, I, I think wrestling sort of is what helped lead me back into Star Wars because I was little, cool. I love I love Star Wars, and um, but I loved a lot of things. I loved He-Man. I loved all those cartoons, Transformers, etc. And I don't know with you guys, but with I've got older siblings, and it was sort of like they, the expectation they pushed on you was when you sort of got to around 12 or 13, you got rid of your toys. You stopped watching that stuff. And you started morphing, like, you know, oh, no, you should be into music now, or you should be sort of into anything like that. And wrestling was the one thing I didn't let go. So when I met some other like-minded friends, they didn't let go of things like Star Wars and He-Man and stuff. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you know, I've, like, because no kids in high school here, um, I think it'd be like middle school for you guys, um, like it was sort of almost taboo to still admit you watch cartoons or board oh, action figures. Boy, do I know. Like oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it still was. like, And we're from the South where, mm. you know, you better be hunting or you better be into sports, you know, because that's what all the popular kids do. Like, you're you're a nerd or you're a geek. You know, you're, you're a step down on the social ladder. But that's totally what it was. But, you know, I never let that stuff go either. I was like, oh, I'll be a nerd. That's okay. It's okay with me. I'll be a nerd. That's fine. I accept yeah, well, my cast. My my um uh, my late father, he sort of was like, yeah, give all your toys away. And boy, does my wife regret he made that decision because I've spent the past <laughs> 20 years regaining my childhood, yeah. spending thousands and thousands and thousands on toys. But I can sort of remember not having many toys and walking down the aisle in Toys R Us and seeing the power, the power of the Force stuff that had been re-released. Yeah. And... I was actually never a big Star Wars toy fan when I was little. I had a few, but to me, they were too small. I was more, I was a massive He-Man fan. Right. So I loved the He-Man toys. And the Star Wars toys, I was like, ah, they're a little too small. I don't <laughs> I know about that. But when I saw these come out in the mid-90s, my mind was blown and was like, yeah, this is what whatever available money I have, I'm going to be spending on this stuff, even though they look terrible. Um, I didn't realize that they looked terrible at the time. Me neither. Me neither. I was just stoked that Star Wars. Yeah, I didn't back. realize that they were too roided out. I thought they were awesome. You know, like. Um, yeah, I, I think we all acknowledge Princess Leia <laughs> didn't look very good. Right. right. Um, but it didn't matter. You had to have Leia. Like, it, it was just, it was what it was. So, um, my, I have a similar story to Will's about wrestling, but it's from a much older age. When I was like a junior or senior in high school, I can't remember what year it was. I know it was in the Attitude Era of of wrestling, so it was like Stone Cold and Triple H. Uh, you know, uh, I'll take it from here, Nurse. When he gets hit with the fucking bedpan in the yeah. hospital, all that stuff. And we were in between class. We were waiting on Spanish class to happen, and. Our teacher was running late, so the like I went to a small school. There, like my graduating class was sixteen kids, so as soon as they had a chance, it just blew up and went amok. And 
these two guys in or three guys in my class, Chris, Steven, and Ryan, were massive Stone Cold fans, massive wrestling fans to the point where you kind of had to be into it if you wanted to have anything to talk with them about. So oh, like, no. I, I would start watching Raw and SmackDown just so I'd be like, oh, okay, that was pretty funny when that happened. Or I, such I saw and such. that. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too, guys. Rem- me? Rem- Star Wars? No Star Wars? All right, wrestling. Let's do wrestling. So these guys <laughs> are standing up and fucking dropping stunners on each other in the classroom. Our chairs are fold-up metal chairs, so they're pretending to heat- hit each other with chairs. And I'm like, fuck it. I want to get on this too. So I stand up. I'm on crutches at the time. And I tell my buddy Mike to pretend to hit me with a chair. And he does. And I go to take a fall into the wall thinking... I'll just hit the wall and it'll be funny. That's not what happened. I hit the wall and suddenly everything went black. And Mm. for a split second, I thought I knocked myself out. But I was like, no. And then I realized, no, I'm inside the wall, shock trooper style. I hit the wall and I busted the sheetrock and fell through the wall and hit the brick. Like the brick foundation of the wall or whatever. So I crawl out of this hole in the wall and it's dead silence in the classroom. Everybody's staring at me. My buddy, my buddy, Steven takes like an educational Spanish poster off the wall. And he's like, we'll just put this over that fucking hole, man. Just watch out. We'll put this quick thinking. Didn't work, of course, because literally it almost looked like in a cartoon when somebody runs through a wall and leaves like the perfect, perfect impression of them in the wall. That's kind of what it looked like. So yeah, long story short, I ended up having to pay to fix that fucking wall because I I was trying to be one of the cool kids and get into the uh, into the SmackDown that was going down in the the Spanish classroom. You should should have acted like you were concussed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know what happened. I'm gonna sue. Nah. (laughs) It's funny with the Attitude Era and ECW and stuff. When I first broke into wrestling. And uh, I was first going to take my first chair shot. Those guys at the time were just putting their hands by their side and just getting walloped. And unfortunately, years later, we've seen that that had terrible effects with concussions and everything like that. But here's me thinking, hey, look at me. I'm going to put my hands by my side and not get them up for a chair shot. And I tell you, I never fucking did that again. (laughs) I got cracked so hard. I don't remember the rest of that night. Like I just, everything just went black the second that chair bent over my head. Oh, and it was like, oof. like yeah. <laughs> Perhaps um the, the chairs that we bought at the local dollar store weren't the ideal <laughs> chairs Maybe to not. be walloping each other with. But yeah, but that thing got bent over my head, and it was like, Ooh. yeah, I I think I'm gonna respect this a little bit more. It made me really respect mankind for all that he went through. Yeah. And all the international, like, legit hardcore stuff he did. You know, like, I'll, you know, I know a lot of that is prepping to take the hit, but it seemed like mankind. You can't, no, you his... can't. I'm telling you, you can't prep to take the stuff he took yeah. and mix 51 now. And he can't remember cities that he's in. Right. And he, he's about to get double hip replacement, I think. Like, he, if he didn't do that stuff, he wouldn't have become as famous as what he became, so I guess it bought his house and set him up for life. But the toll that took was incredible. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what. And the, that's what I'm saying. The problem, that's true the dedication. That is, 
how many people are sitting around there going, oh, wrestling, it's all fake? <laughs> it's like, no, right. dude, that dude, <laughs> it, may, it may be predetermined, but there's nothing fake about what McFoley went through. Right. So uh, we, did, we did a little bit of a, we did like a 30-minute Geek Dudes with Chris. Mm. You guys want to talk? No, we don't st- talk a lot of wrestling on Geek Dudes. Well, yeah, that's true. I do hear it come up from time mm. to time, though. Yeah, fuck Raven. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about some Star Wars. What do you guys think about that? I think that sounds good. So, yeah. not a ton of Star Wars news this week. Um, there was a a statement from Bob Iger. We kind of talked about it last week, um, where he was talking about you know Han Solo is going to take place from the ages of eighteen to twenty four. He's going to find Chewie and the Falcon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, apparently from the same conference, he said, or maybe it was a, a different interview altogether, but he mentioned that they have the next 15 years plus of Star Wars movies sort of in the works. They're working on ideas and plans for the next 15 years. That's a long time. Mm. That's half of my life. I say, give it to me. 15 years of Star Wars straight, I'll be just fine with that. Um, yeah, I start I start adding up of like I'm definitely going to live that long. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I tell this story on the podcast every now and then. In the lead up to the Force Awakens, there was an article, and I I want to say it was Wired magazine or their their website, but I could be wrong. And the the headline gave me anxiety, and all the headline said was, "You won't live to see the last Star Wars movie." And it was basically mm. talking about how this is what Disney's going to do. We will always have Star Wars. It may take you know small breaks here and there, but with Disney owning it, they're not going to just let it lay and and not produce content off of it. And it do you know I legitimately remember that? I remember me... you being like <laughs> devastated. I was like, oh, like okay. excited but <laughs> devastated. That's what I'm telling you, man. I need that fucking <clears throat> singularity to hit so they can transfer my consciousness into a Star War into a robot. And hell, they could leave the robot like turned off until Star Wars comes out. Like, just wake me up once a year for take Star Wars. Star Wars content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think that like when I hear somebody died, I do work it in terms of Star Wars of like, wow, they never got to see the Force Awakens, right? Um, or, or you know, Rogue One or Episode. Like, you'd hate to go now and not see at least the end of these three movies. Um, Ooh. like the, these these are, Disney's giving us reasons to live. Yeah, no joke. I'm still basking in the glory that it's living on because mm-hmm. there was a good chunk of my life where that was it. You know, there you know the we had 4 5 6 and then we had the prequels and that was going to be it for Star Wars. Like there there wasn't going to be any more. Like the, you know, I would always hope and I'd wonder, but I had resigned myself to the fact that, you know, it was that was it. It was done. Like there wasn't going to be well, any more. I've got a question for you guys. Okay. Um, I was thinking this actually listening to your show. So when Revenge of the Sith wrapped up and, you know, we had things like the Clone Wars, but it didn't seem like George was pretty adamant, no more movies. Right. And so where the characters were is where they laid. So as far as we knew after Return of a Jedi, you know, there were books out there or you could use your own headcanon um, to come up with stuff. But, we with the Force Awakens, we got the reality of losing Han Solo. Right. Are you are you happy to have it continue and perhaps get outcomes for characters 
that you won't be pleased with? Or is there a part of you that sort of wishes it could, like, forever they'd stay in your mind at the end of Return of a Jedi and whatever happened, happened? Because you know what I mean? Like, we're going we're gonna to see an old Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight, Right. And I'm touch, touch wood, like, they can't take him from us. It'd be too much. But hypothetically, the chances of him making it out of the next two movies are slim. Right. And did you, I never thought I'd live to see Luke Skywalker die on screen. Uh, that one's, so I'm not going to lie. Han was tough for me. And like, I, mm. I, I, I was seriously like, after my first viewing of The Force Awakens, it was this weird mixture of, holy shit, that was awesome. They did it. It's a really good Star Wars movie. It's so much fun. What the fuck? Luke was only at the very end. And then just real life sadness that they, like it It literally bummed me out. Um, You know what? I think as long as they, they give us characters that I can connect with and, and get invested in, then I'm always going to look forward to the future of the story. So now, like, I feel like Ray, Finn, Poe, the new characters we got in The Force Awakens are so great that I, I want to know what they're going to be up to next almost just as much as I want to know what Luke is up to. So I think they've got that going for them. And if they, if they keep that going, then I could see being really interested in another, say, sequel trilogy where we don't mm. have you know Luke and Leia and it's just these new characters that we've met. I could see myself being interested in that. Now, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't want it to come to the point where I'm not excited about a new Star Wars movie coming out. And I don't know that that'll ever happen. But the thought of one a year for 15 years, like, I just think statistically they're gonna, there's going to be one where I'm like, I don't know that I'm really excited about this one. And I, to be well, honest, did you see what debate? I was going to say. So I was just going to say they just had that that cinema thing or whatever they had this week, and they had the movie slate, and it did have Han Solo coming out in spring for you guys. Yep. Next year, so we're we're heading there, baby. It is going to be six months between Star Wars films. Yeah, I know that that is crazy to me. Now, you got to think it's going to be a little different because. From what I understand, episode nine is still is May 2019. So that's only mm. a year and a half, really, after um, episode eight comes out. That's crazy to think about that from going from a, you know, a three year gap in between the episodes to potential to a two year gap and now potentially just a year and a half. Uh, yeah, I thought they were going to keep it at December for the saga films. I was like, well, maybe they just want a bigger gap um, between, like, you'd have Han Solo and a year and a half off. So anticipation's really building for episode nine. But yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know that there is a f official, like, concrete date for nine yet. I want to say mm. that they're saying it's keeping a May 2019 release date as of right now. I'm still in the camp that I wouldn't be surprised if Han Solo gets moved back to December. But at this point they're off they're they're being pretty adamant that it's coming out in May. So who knows at that <clears throat> with that. Um 
Will, I know uh, you are not necessarily the biggest Rebels guy. What about you, Chris? Did you see the season finale of Rebels? Yeah, I'm up to date on Rebels. Okay. Um, so let's try and read uh, lead Will through this. Like, we don't have to give him a synopsis, but like, why don't you just mm. tell us your general thoughts, and I'll uh, jump in and, and tell you what I thought. I'll say at the first, like, I liked it. I didn't love it or hate it, though. But, you know. Yeah, I think after the twin sons maybe debacle i guess <laughs> um it was going to be interesting to sort of see where they headed with this i was surprised agent callus you know agent callus will the dude with the mutton chops yes imperial yeah he's like yeah. the imperial security something he's got like some you know rank so <laughs> he's like a, he's like a double agent now he's the new fulcrum okay. and I was convinced he wasn't making it out of this alive. I thought, you know, they need to give Thrawn a bit of grunt about him. And I thought, for sure, this guy... I, I thought all season this guy is being set up to be somebody that they're actually really going to just really kill um, on this show, but they didn't do it. No. I, I will say that the the one, I would say, sort of semi-major character death that they did, um, Commander Sato... I thought that was like, well yeah. done. But, like, he's not necessarily a character that's been so prevalent in the show that it makes a huge difference, I guess. Um, but I thought, like, the way he they they took him out and he went out was was good. Like, I thought that was a pretty I just, cool... I just caught myself, like, I'm laughing at myself going, you know, Will's sitting there going, oh, the way Maul died, you couldn't tell what happened, and they didn't kill Callus. Like, when did Star Wars fans become so murdery <laughs> that's like, the thing I I, I've, somebody's gonna drop <laughs> i feel bad about it every time but they also you gotta be they i noticed this too like in the lead up to rogue one like i was like well everybody's gotta die they're not in a new hope and granted everybody pretty much fucking died but i think they set themselves up for that by the by where they place it in the timeline because especially with rebels like you put them into a really precarious situation, putting in two Jedi who are going to run into some of the most important people in the Star Wars saga. You, you, they've both run into Yoda, and at this point, one of them's run into Obi-Wan. And that's not even counting people like Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and General Dodonna and <laughs> all these other folks. Lando and Leia, even. So, I think they yeah, kind of set themselves up to where immediately you think oh okay so at least the jedi characters they're gonna die at some point yeah i i can remember i went to a special advanced screening for the first episodes of rebels and i can remember sitting there and thinking it was awesome when they do that maneuver and kanan whips out his lightsaber for the first time right and i was watching it going this is so cool but i think in hindsight looking at it having a show based around Jedi's after Audi's order 66 is just perhaps real murky territory that in hindsight me as personally wish they just didn't head down that path. Yeah. It, it, um, it takes away some of the gravity of order 66 as well. Like sure. You can assume that a cut, not everybody got killed by those clone troopers, but it's like, we, uh, you're sort of watching, well, how many other Jedis are going to pull out? It's a big galaxy. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. You know, when it's done, 
well, I think stories in that vein can be interesting. But to me, they always have to sit. And, and I hate to be that guy that's like unmovable in my head canon. But to me, they always have to have the same end. The Jedi characters don't make it out because why would they not come join the... Re- why wouldn't they be like side by side with Luke Skywalker once he showed up in the Rebellion? I totally agree, and it takes the gravity away from Order sixty six, like uh, like Chris said, and then it takes away the the grandness of Luke's you know, Luke's discovery of the Force or being the last Jedi. You know, it, it and and that's what the, people think. The people's fascination with the morbidity of it is is that you know that the Jedi were executed in the Great Jedi Purge. But, you know, you don't want it annotated, like the Jedi Purge, except for the Jedi that no longer follow the Order and they're still good Force users that use lightsabers out there. They're just not called Jedi. Like, it's... And, you know, ah- Ahsoka's end hasn't been solidified, has it? No, not really. Mm. I mean, uh, so, you, you no. know, you have these... No, they missed an opportunity there. Uh, uh, I um, amazing. I agree. And, look... You have these three good force lightsaber wield and force users that you're either going to have to use that same excuse and label them not Jedi if they live, or you're going to have to kill them all. Or you know, or some might live. You know, I don't know, but I totally agree. You're in a, a, a you're shoehorning something in a place where it may not fit. I'm just a, uh, I and I say this as someone who I like Rebels. Is it my mm. favorite thing that? has ever been put out under the name star Wars. It's definitely not, but I do. Ha- there are times when like I get genuinely excited or joyful during an episode. And I'm like, yeah, this one's really good. And then other times I have the exact opposite reaction. Um, I just can't wait until they're ready to move forward into move forward period. Like I'm tired. I say this all the time. I'm tired of everything being set around a new hope. In, in all the new mm. Star Wars stuff, the Marvel books, the you know some of the canon novels, Rebels, all this stuff, they're sort of packing into this one area of time when they've got so much more that they could explore. So that's why I'm personally really excited about the next animated series because of a timeline change more than so anything. So what is the timeline change? For the next one? Yeah, I haven't heard really anything about it. Well, they haven't really announced anything. There's definitely people that seem to think that there's going to be some sort of announcement at Celebration. Although I don't know how tr- how likely that is with them having confirmed a fourth season of Rebels. They may not want to take the focus off of that just yet. Um, but, uh, and this is, all seems to be assumptions and, and like hopes is that people want it to be set after Return of the Jedi. Which is what I agree with. I would love to see. Do you, do you trust them in animation form telling weekly stories with Han, Luke, and Leia? In an, I, I don't. I don't, personally. Yeah, I, I can see the concern there. I almost wouldn't even mind if it was... I mean, I, I want to say that I wouldn't mind if it was other characters and, and, you know, maybe those characters just made sort of cameo appearances or showed up every now and then when the story called for it. But then I think about, like, how I want to see what Luke was up to after Return of the Jedi. And I know that the reason they aren't touching that is because we're going to figure out or find out a lot of that in these next two movies. So I can see why they're hesitant to 
you know, even touch that right now. But yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. And because I, I hate it in the comic books. The second Luke and Darth interacted in those comic books, to me, it was like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's <laughs> the, the importance of him going to confront Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back, you know don't diminish these big meaningful moments because cinema is where it's at. You know, the movies are the hard and fast rule. And as big Star Wars fans, we're going to explore other forms of media, but it's already at the point where I'm sort of like, yeah, comics and animation. I, I don't take it as law, even though they're going right. canon and stuff. It's like, yeah, canon in inverted commas, until we decide we want another reset. So I'm not going to get too bent out of shape. But they haven't wowed me with showing respect to the movies. And Well, they always come up with some goofy... Like, if if you have to write in some goofy plot line that Boba Fett throws a... a and I love Boba Fett. But he throws, a mm. like, a blinding grenade that blinds Luke. And they have this encounter. But that's why Luke doesn't recognize... like. If you have to throw in some weird little wrinkle like that to add it, then like, I think you're Don't better. To. Yeah, I'm just saying you're better off using those characters to do something Steer else. Steer clear. Yeah, like and like, you know, if you're gonna tell Luke's story or parts of Luke's story, you know, through animation, the one saving grace is that Mark Hamill is bane. You know, basic bread and butter nowadays is voiceover work for animation. You know, so that might not be awful, but, you know, like if you're going to set something in that time era, it would be great if you just avoid them altogether because they're very prominent in the galaxy. Like, you know, General Leia's on the up and up. If you do a set of scoundrels, you know, maybe something you, you never have to see that part of the galaxy, the the prim and proper or the 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 people in the spotlight because these peoples are always in the under under dark of the galaxy. I mean, well, we've got this, we've got a scenario now where in rogue one, Mon Mothma says to my main man, Bail Organa, you know, maybe it's time to contact your friend. And I'm surprised somebody else didn't walk up and go, Oh, you mean Obi-Wan Kenobi, the dude Ezra ran into on Tatooine a couple of years ago. Right. He yeah. Got... Contact him, Bale. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you guys going to see Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Great. You know, Ezra was telling us all about him. Oh my God. <laughs> like, Can you I... imagine if that was like a special edition addition to that movie, like years down the road, like Ezra, they cast someone to play Ezra and he pops in and he's like, Oh, you mean Obi-Wan wink at the camera? Like do like a, <laughs> You know, a, a slapstick fall on the ground. Bump, bump, but no. I, you know, I, I'm always gonna watch whatever they like. You know, I, I've gotten mm. frustrated with Rebels, but I'm gonna continue to watch it because it's Star Wars. And like, it, for instance, the space battle and this season finale pretty much made the episode worth it for me. Like, worth the hour of my time to watch. I was they're like, they're not doing a bad job. Like, I know we're they are sometimes here, doing you know, a bad job breaking it down but and you know they're not slaughtering it they're, no, no I, I just think they need to stay away from holy ground and things like obi-wan being alone on tatooine watching over luke stay away from it right um or if you're going to do something about a team of rebels they should have done something like a rogue squadron cartoon or something where it is a group of pilots slash soldiers 
that are battling the Empire. I, I just don't think they were ready to move on from not having lightsabers in something. Yeah. And yeah. I get it. I Like, for me, my favorite part of Star Wars are the Jedi and the Sith. And um, the mysticism of the Force. Like, for me, that's my favorite part of Star Wars. But I love all of Star Wars, and I wouldn't begrudge them for doing an animated show that didn't feature a Jedi or a Sith. Because it's not like we're going to be lacking in that kind of content anyway. Like, I, I think yeah, and- we're always going to, like, if it's not in the animated show, there you're going to get be able to get your lightsaber fix in other forms of Star Wars media. So... I agree. And I'm like, I think they're... they've got Cad Bane and they've got Dengar yeah. and they've got like other characters that you could have had interact that give you that classic Star Wars feel without the need to have two Jedi, like Kanan's barely in it <laughs> in this past season anyway. Yeah. But, you know, two Jedi running around post Order 66 before A New Hope. Like, it's, I, I just think it was territory in hindsight that perhaps was best left to things like comic books for those who want to read it. You, and you're just going to have to bring it. You're going to have to bring it with your storytelling with your and the right of the mix of character development versus action. You know, because if you if it's too actiony, you don't get enough character development. If it's too much character development, it feels too slow. You know, that's the magic of Star Wars to me. And you know, it develops character. It's the appropriate amount of action and it's incredible storytelling. You don't necessarily need Jedi or Sith or lightsabers even. If you have all of those in the right proportions, you're going to have a great Star Wars story no matter what. I think also that Disney needs to break them off a little extra money because there is such a clear difference in quality between mm-hmm. the Clone Wars, especially the later seasons of Clone Wars and what we're getting in Rebels. Rebels has gotten better. I'm not saying it hasn't, but th- there's still it's the uh, animation to me is not at the same almost cinematic like quality that they achieved in some episodes of the Clone Wars, and it's purely down to budget because and that is what I fear. That's my fear for the next you know when we're talking about they've got the next 15 years planned out. You know everything's going to be geared towards the budget. If that makes it's not sense. Geared, it's not geared towards kids. Like, I always hear this of, oh, well, the problem with Rebels is it's on Disney XD and it's for kids and stuff, and they're just trying to sell toys. Wow. I think we can all agree. What fucking toys? Right. Like, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't go into Toys R Us and buy a toy ghost and nope. openly go buy Hera and Kanan. And like, I've got, the, I've got the ghost crew, and it was really hard to get all of those figures. And the rebel stuff sort of came and went really quickly. This isn't made to sell toys because they're not producing toys of it. No, I mean, you'd have Kanan's mask. You'd have Kanan's lightsaber, Ezra's lightsaber, you know, I mean, they, there's no lack of cool figures and vehicles that they could do from rebels. And it's weird. You'll see how they try to do it. Like for rogue Friday or whatever it was called this year, when all the rogue one stuff came out, there were, there were two Rebels figures just sort of like snuck into that first wave. There was a Kanan and a Sabine. And like with Force Awakens, they snuck in like an Ezra speeder bike vehicle and stuff. But it's not getting... Almost begrudgingly. Yeah. Like, and it, I'm with you. Like, I would love like a nice ghost for my collection. I really dig mm. the vehicles, even when 
they look a little goofy scale wise and Hasbro ne- hasn't necessarily been on top of its game with some of their stuff lately. I would still be interested in a ghost playset or not playset, but like a vehicle. And it's not out there as far as I know. It, it hurts my heart to know I'll never have Darth Vader's castle <laughs> from Rogue One in oh. toy in toy form. Like, but that would be the greatest thing ever. Like a castle gray skull style. Yep. Darth Vader's castle, and sure, the scale is going to be fucked, and it, it, a lot of it won't be exactly screen accurate. But just to have a toy Darth Vader's castle, I'm all about that. And I, I guess it just doesn't sell because. But then the things that they release, they'll release a stupid fucking at act from Rogue One that walks that costs eight billion dollars that no one's going to buy unless it's on clearance. And that's I and around here at it least makes no sense. They were on clearance. It felt like almost immediately, like before the Christmas season even hit, I was seeing online. People were like, I just found this thing on clearance. It's a hundred bucks instead of 300. And that's a sign when you maybe mismanaged a little something, I think. I didn't know know it came out in Australia. And just to give you guys an idea. So the Australian dollars like low, like the Australian dollar probably buys about 75 US cents. And that thing is at Toys R Us. It is five hundred Australian dollars. Whoa! <laughs> and it's like, who on earth is buying that? And Toys R Us don't clear shit. Like they, they no. very rarely clear stuff out. They will hang on to it until the bitter death. And it's like, I, I, I don't know who's buying that. Like for everything that they could have put into that, surely they could have released two or three vehicles. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know it's not that different, but we didn't get an... Like, the X-Wings played such a huge role in Rogue One. Mm. And it seems like such an easy thing to do to just release the blue and white or blue and silver, whatever color. The blue squadron X-Wing from Rogue right. One. Right. Um, and, and like, the... the Whatever his name is, the, the X-Wing pilot that looks like B- Brian Cranston with the kick-ass mustache... I mean, Wedge is even in there. You could, re- you know, Wedge, Wedge in, and the Blue X-Wings. Wedge isn't in Rogue One. Is he not? No, no. Dennis Lawson hey, once. Dennis Lawson. <laughs> once, no part. Although, he's going to be at Celebration this year. Yeah, he'll charge you for a photo and an autograph, but he wouldn't do Force Awakens. I've had it with D-Law. He's yeah. on my shit list. I'm not Even a, those clips, those those old clips they were using from... No, that's Red Leader and Gold Leader. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Because yep. I, I just, I guess I just thought he was in there. Blank. So, something tells me that, like, because something tells me that even though they own that footage from the original Star Wars, they probably still had. I know for a fact they got Gold Leader, leader to sign off because he actually recorded the new line of dialogue about the Shield Gate or whatever. Right. And uh, I would imagine they did the same with Red Leader. But yeah, Dennis Lawson, he, uh, they announced it last week, and I was like, damn, Wedge is gonna be there, huh? Can't break uh, it off. Was, a it couple. was also boring for him a couple of years ago. Yeah, but now he's like, oh, how much could I make signing sixty dollar <laughs> autographs for four days? Oh, really? Oh, okay. That'll buy me a nice fountain in the garden or whatever. Or you are know. you laying down the sweet two hundred for Hamill? Uh, well, that was my last Star Wars story for the evening. Uh, I jumped <laughs> in early. I, I you know he know. is. I mean, I know my boy. We we pretty much covered Rebels. <laughs> Uh, already have already laid it down. Yeah. So jealous. Saturday afternoon will be a magical time in one blue harvest host's life because he will be meeting 
uh, the one and only Mark Hamill, who announced this week that he's going to be there for Celebration. Not that it was any huge surprise, but it's been like, I've been sort of stalking the, um, there's a site, StarWarsAuthentics.com. They're who's handling all the celebrity signings uh, for Celebration. And you can pre-order a ticket so you don't have to wait in line and stuff. So I was, I, I've been stalking that site, waiting for them to announce Mark Hamill. And uh, Felicity Jones got announced, Alan Tudyk, all these other people. And finally this week, they announced that Mark Hamill's going to be there. And, yep, I took the plunge. Not doing yeah, the photo op, though, because I, I know I'm going to get huh. a, a photo with Mark Hamill and be like, oh, gross. Look at this dude next to Mark Hamill. Uh, I know it's going to be one of those days where I'm like, oh, God, I, I ate too much the night before. Look how fat I am. Mick Foley, yeah, Mick Foley's getting a hip replacement, <laughs> but I... He looks better than me right now. Yeah, I don't know, Hawes. I just think you've got to fuck all that. Like, I've never looked, I've never had a good look ever in my entire life. Maybe between the ages of zero and two, I was kind of cute. But, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think you're making a mistake not getting the photo with Hamill. I gotta, I gotta agree with Chris. Like, don't you want that moment where you meet Mark Hamill to be immortalized in in photo form Shit. forever? Shit! Now you guys are trying to talk me into spending because you know I am. That's an am, extra yeah. two hundred. That's another two hundred. That's an extra two hondo. It's Mark Dude. fucking Hamill. Hang on. So what? So for two hundred, you don't get an autograph and a photo? No, it is solely <laughs> one or the other. Wow. Yeah. I mean, now I understand, but I mean, damn. So, I'm. There's, I have previous reasons why this happens because, like, you need to pay somebody from a distance to like super zoom <laughs> lens. Like, I'll just have Jesse like, do it. I'll be like, go stand do, over do, there. Yeah, do you know, as, as somebody who's been to WrestleCon over in America, and trust me, the prices aren't anywhere near Mark Hamill esque, but we love the sneaky. <laughs> The sneaky photo of somebody standing in front yeah. of somebody. It's such a dick move, but we were getting a kick out of it. Um, mainly of wrestlers we don't like, where you'd sort of hover into a shot and somebody take a photo. But I think I think getting a photo of you getting the autograph, that works too. It'll be interesting to see if he's got any heavies that try cock-blocking you. Oh, uh, you know. I, I, you know he yeah. does. Well, I don't know. You know. See, Apple's heavies. So there's a reason. Like I got a picture with Peter Mayhew about three years ago at a much smaller con, not a uh, celebration style con. And man, it's like I look at it and I'm like, oh my god, what? Oh, what is what is this person next to Peter Mayhew, dude? Oh. You got to let it go. I mean, I don't matter, have man. a picture that's... with Peter Mayhew. I don't have one. I never have one. Like, but you do. Like that's Ugh. gold. That's also, Star Wars gold. I took a real bad picture with uh, Jason Mewes last year, too. And whew, whew. I, I'm dying to meet Jason Mewes just to ask, has he ever considered a refit of those teeth? Because oh, I just don't think they're fitting right. No. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. He, um, I think he got like a size too big when he went and got his teeth re redone because it's been well documented. But his mouth that, sort of, it sort of sinks in as well though. Like it's warped his head. Yeah. You know what it is, is, is fucking sure heroin is a bitch. Whatever. Cause that's, that's all that like he fucked his teeth up on, on the mm -hmm. dope. Um, mm -hmm. it's been well documented. Like the, I'm not like breaking news or here or anything, but yeah, he, he had his issues for several years and apparently it did hell to his teeth. And then, Kevin Smith paid for him to get new teeth 
and at the dentist they gave him pain medicine and he got rehooked on it. Ugh. Brutal, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, but I don't know. I, I I will say though, two hundred for a photo and two hundred for an autograph is fucking outrageous. Like it, I I can handle two hundred for both, but if that's double dipping, I think that's oh, bullshit. Look, yeah, even if, if the photo was another hundred bucks, you know, you're like, oh, okay. See, the yeah. thing is, <clears throat> if if it was two hundred for both, of course I wouldn't pass up. I wouldn't be like, no, don't give me the photo too. Like it, I, I would be like it maybe I may get a bad photo with Mark Hamill, but what the fuck? I'm not gonna get ripped off and pay two hundred not to get both parts. But it's it's an additional charge, and it, and they yeah hype it up because it's a quote quote unquote like it's a professional photo. So like they usher you in, Mark Hamill's standing there or sitting there on a stool or whatever. They're like, okay, go stand next to Mark. You go stand or in my case, sit next to Mark. They take the picture and then they move you off. It's not like. You know, you get to take the picture or anything like that. They they and then I think they email it to you. I don't even think you get like a a physical photo. So that's the thing. Though, another two hundred bucks. That's like meeting Felicity Jones. You know, that's two fifty. That's another autograph. She, I think she's more 50? expensive. She's more what? expensive than Mark Hamill. I think. Hold on, guys. I'll look it up right now. You guys vamp for a little bit, but I'm pretty I, sure I she's more expensive. Those prices. I I, don't, I just think horses. Like, I think like anybody can have a bit of scribble on a bit of paper with his name, but the photos forever. Oh, like, so you that think is a, a documentation of you and him is that photo? Like for me, we breathe you, the same air for like five seconds, and here's the shot of it. Yep. So Proof. I think you chose. So I horse. I don't want to give you anxiety that you chose the wrong one, but I think you chose the wrong one, dude. <laughs> okay, so Felicity Jones is sold out, so I can't even see her price anymore. What? Yeah, sold out. Sold out Pl- Felicity Jones opportunities. And then let me Dude, see. You know it's all going to be creepers. So, so yeah. Yeah, it is two separate charges. So you're thinking I should go back and, and change it because I believe I have that option. Uh, yeah, I me, me personally, and trust me, I look shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would... I I would I would um I would absolutely go for the photo because to me, uh, it's just it's just writing on a page. I've never been a big autograph man. Like if anything, if I was going to get something autographed, it would be a photo of me with the person getting okay. autographed. Okay. Um, like I I don't know, man. It's just a bit of it's just a bit of writing on a bit of paper. But that photo, that's fucking you and him. In okay. your like, defense, pause. Mm. I will say probably if you get a poster. Like, what are you going to have autographed? Like, what do you get autographed? I'm Well, I guess they got a table full of stuff you get to choose when you get there, huh? Right. That's that's typically how it goes. Now, it does say that you can take something. Now, that was the question. I have a really, really nice Mondo. Are you familiar with Mondo, Chris? No. They are... They do, like, these limited-run posters and vinyls and toys and stuff. They're currently doing... Oh, yeah. Mondo, yeah, I, I've, I've got a Mondo poster. I wish I had have got the Star Wars ones. I have. They're the, like the Tyler Stout stuff and stuff like that. The awesome drawings right. and that. I yep. have a, uh, a really, really nice limited edition uh, Empire Strikes Back one with like the gold foil and the Star Wars logo that mm. I've never hung up. It's still in the poster tube. I was thinking maybe of getting him to sign that because I also have a Empire Strikes Back poster signed by Billy D from when I met him 
And I thought maybe that would just be my thing. I would get them to sign posters from my, like different posters from my favorite Star Wars movie. I would say, so in your defense, the value of that collectible is probably more than a picture of you and him. But do you really see me He's being not gonna like... sell it. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, You're not going to sell it now. I'm also that like, dude that like doesn't give a fuck. I, like, if they're like, do you want me to personalize this? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want Lando to write my name. Write my name, Lando. But Dear eBay. Yeah. <laughs> I get right, a sick right, joy out of right, it, my friend. I, I I don't know. I I like I, getting an autograph. So nineteen forties, <laughs> it sure is. And I and like I, I talk to all these people. Like a lot of my Star Wars friends are like, yeah, I don't really do the whole autograph thing. My fiance Jesse doesn't get it at all because she's a wonderful fiance. She encourages me and she knows like i get excited so when we go your to lady's a, con, a good lady she's yeah the best when i go to a con she's like oh you got you're gonna want to meet jason muse right and i'm like yeah i'm gonna want to meet jason muse and she doesn't make fun of me when i get all awkward around them and shit but she doesn't get it so i don't know why the autograph thing and 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 stuff tickles me so much i you know what it is it's an 80s collector thing like yeah, oh, you got to get yeah, your you got to get your uh, you know your comic signed by Stan well, Lee. I mean, you got to get your baseball the card signed in the collectibles. That's why I thought you did it. Like, I mean, because it makes the thing you know. If, if it you was, have an authentic signature like that, increases the value of whatever. If it was between being destitute and having Star Wars collectibles, of course I would sell my Star Wars. That's what I'm saying like. You but know, if you get old like, and you're looking at eating cat food or, you know, selling the Billy D autographed post. Just say Hawes ends up with a nasty meth addiction or something. Like, he's going to sell his uh, Mark Ham autograph. This is insurance that if Hawes falls off the rails, <laughs> the, photo, the photo is forever. Because people aren't buying that photo. Like, this is guaranteed protection. Ah, see? And, and if Jesse won't keep your ashes... She could, uh, the compromise will be the the photo of you and Mark Hamill. Yeah, you bequeath her. Yeah, in your will, I I will Jesse. Uh, I'll put in my will. Mark Hamill autographed Mondo. You must have a, you must have a glossy eight by ten of me and Mark Hamill up on the, <laughs> the mantelpiece. At all See, time. I was thinking back piece, like on the eve of my death, I bequeath to you all my possessions, earthly and otherwise, under the one condition. Uh, you get a large back piece of me and Mark Hamill <laughs> as a tattoo. Did she do it? No, she wouldn't, and I, nobody would blame her for not doing it either. But well, Horse did get me thinking with that discussion. I was thinking um, the whole ashes and keeping it, and how weird it all is, and haunting and stuff. And I was thinking that if I was a better-looking man. For, to pay for my children later on, I'd I'd mark it putting my ashes into a vibrator. Ah, and oh. ladies that always want to fuck the freshness <laughs> could have a limited edition vibrator with my ashes in it. And it was funny. I had that thought, and I thought there's something fucking wrong with me. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with you. Before we get That's on how you emails, get some from beyond the grave. I'm actually glad you brought this up because I can't. I don't know why I don't remember. Didn't remember to bring this up when we were having the whole cremated in ashes um, discussion. I went to a horror movie convention in Nashville uh, years ago, like over ten years ago. It was right around when all the Rob Zombie movies were out because all those cats were there. Um, and there was a vendor there who was selling 
all this weird stuff, and he had two of what he claimed to be tiny little vials of Vincent Price's ashes for sale. For some astronomical price, I can't even remember. Clearly, if you really think about it, more than likely that dude is just trying to rip someone off. Because this is not mm. like a, a celebrate. This dude. is like a small little horror movie and tattoo convention in like a Best Western uh, room, like a conference room. So that dude set a newspaper on fire and scooped <laughs> it into a bottle and was like, "Then surprise!" But let's for a second, let's for a second just imagine that those were in fact two vials of Vincent Price's ashes. How the fuck did he get his hands on them? And shame on Vincent Price's family if they were like, "Let's cremate Selling the motherfucker him. and split it up, and we'll sell his ashes to people." What if it was the funeral, the crematorium, who put just Some, a little bit of, you know, took a scoop for themselves to one day sell down the road? And then, uh, Chris, you also have another interest of mine that I could get into all day, but we got limited time. You're a, a Howard hmm. Stern fan. Oh, massive Howard okay. Stern. I realize he started with the Hey Now. Yep, yep. <clears throat> so Yeah, people in Australia don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but... <laughs> You would you would have to this would be a very specific moment in Stern show history that would be hard to remember. Um but I vaguely remember this and I could be wrong though. Uh what was the the older lady who was a female comedian who Joan did, Rivers. I was I was gonna bring this up and thought that you guys wouldn't know what I was talking about. No, so then Joan, months Joan later she had his ashes and gave Robin some, had some of Vincent yeah. Price's ashes. Correct. So that's fucked up. Did his family split up his ashes and sell them? Because if so, that's brutal. Granted, I mean, I, like you know, maybe it was in his will. Maybe, maybe he was yeah. like, "I will my, you know, so many celebrity friends, celebrity friends, a vial of my ashes." Maybe I mean, it would be messed up if his family did that for money. But I wonder if he wanted his friends and family to have a little piece of him. Maybe. Yeah. If we reunite all the vials of Vincent Price's ashes and pour them out under a, a blood Hold moon, like Voltron. yeah, and then speak the uh, rap from Thriller over them, it it resurrects Vincent Price. You've got That's how you end the world. Right. He becomes the dark overlord of what's left of her. <laughs> <laughs> he calls Cthulhu. Oh, brutal! I, I think we got a movie idea. Will we'll cut this out. We'll cut Chris in. 20%. <laughs> to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. How? Okay. When would Vincent Price ever say y'all's? Oh, you know. That was Michael. Steve. I've heard Steve have this. Yeah, this. I've talked about this with Steve. That was Michael in the booth being like, say y'all's, Vincent. Say y'all's. That's what we that's what we say in the United States. Say y'all's neighborhood. <laughs> you all's don't sound right. All of you don't sound, it don't rhyme. This is ridiculous, Vincent. You gotta say y'alls. All right. <laughs> Let's do some emails because we got limited time left with Chris and someone wrote in an email specifically for Chris. So, oh, well, uh, there's duty. Yeah, cock, cock me. <laughs> there's, oh, I think that will come up. So, first up, there's one way that we start our email segment, and that's with our buddy Steve D and G Money's song about our favorite Jedi. Kia-G. Kia-G. 
That guitar riff at the end is sick. <laughs> that song is so fucking good. <laughs> when I when I first listened to you guys and I heard that song, I was like, these guys are my boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank it's, God for the explicit content warning, because if for nothing else in the episode, that needs it. Uh, I grin ear to ear every time I hear it. It's so fucking preposterous and so filthy. I know. <laughs> and... And just so fantastic. It only works as well as it does because it's so over the top. And I don't know if our buddy Steve, when he was sitting down with pen to paper, writing that was like, I got to go hard and make this over the top. Or if it was like one of those magical incidents where like Led Zeppelin say they wrote, you know, Stairway to Heaven in 20 minutes. And it just came out of them. Does he say like splitting box or smashing box? Yes, or I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so fucking good. The only good. Jedi Master who can crush box. A crush box. That's so fucking good. <laughs> I mean, they they left that open with so many jokes, giving that dude a massive dick for a head. But um, first up, it's we got a in- celebration for not having you guys on the stage and having a live performance of that oh. song. Dude, I'd oh, have I get it. the whole thing. <laughs> I oh. get it. I get why they wouldn't want, you know, those kind of shenanigans at a family event. But I, I, I'll be honest. If if it would have t- happened and we were to get a celebration thing, I would have not played the cockhead song live at celebration with like uh, kids going uh, around <laughs> and stuff. Like you I could have I, like Stevie D come out in cosplay of Kia D. In fact, a whole band dressed up as him, and at the end they start spraying like white foam <laughs> out of their cockheads. Look <laughs> as the audience. As someone who is not a fan of Guar's music, I appreciate mm. Guar's stage show immense, immensely. And I would be all about it. Like if I was running my own event and I could make that happen. All day. It would make me so happy. I just can see why they wouldn't be interested in those kind of shenanigans. G-Money on the drums also dressed like Kia D. I'm telling you right now, I think we're exclusively doing Kia D shirts and and merchandise from now on for Blue Harvest. I think we're the reason his legacy lives on. Like, I don't think... Okay, that's a a mighty claim. (laughs) I think Kia D would have passed into galactic obscurity if we were not preserving his legacy. I agree with you guys. I've had a Kia D renaissance, um, thanks to Blue Harvest. And I brought the shirt. Like, nice. And if I had been a slimmer man, I would have gone the the Raglan shirt, the three-quarter length shirt. Like, that looks awesome. (laughs) (coughs) All right. So, uh, this is from Brad Love. Also a listener of Geek Dudes, who, okay, we were going to address this. I think this is a good time. On your, not last episode, the one before, you revealed something very uh, personal about yourself. You're a cock man, Mm. not a dick man. You prefer to refer to your wiener, 
your dingle dangle, your ding dong, your wingy dingy as a cock as opposed to a I love dick. Me, I love me some cock. And Brad Look, came I'm in not- on the side of dick man. I am going to be honest. I am also a dick man. I'm definitely oh, a not. dick man. Will, do you prefer a bit of cock coming out of your mouth or dick? I, you know, I, I guess if I'm honest, I, I go scientific. I'm, I call it my penis. Like, a penis, I, man. I, but I mean, <laughs> if I have to say one way or the other, like, I guess I say dick more than I say cock. I don't have See, a preference, th- but I try this to came keep it from I was dating a girl, and I must have got a bit full of myself at some point and referred to it as my cock. And she was like, who calls it a cock? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, oh, that sounds gay. And I, I, I don't give a shit about being called gay. <laughs> but I was like, what? What?" And she goes, I prefer dick. And I was like, what dick? Like, anybody. Like, dick's very schoolyard. Like, I don't know. Like, just shut the fuck up and, you know, just deal <laughs> with the fact I like cock. <laughs> See, but this it, is the it thing. It's plagued me. It's plagued me for years. Like, it's almost made me self. And trust me, if you saw my little champignon of a penis, as Will would say, <laughs> um, it's barely a cock. But, but yeah, and it's always distressed me. And um, I was saying to Brad Love on Twitter I, that we were talking what would Bob Iger call it. And I think he's a schlong man. Oh, Bob, Bob Iger would maybe say schlong. What, what's like a real old school term? Johnson. His jo- he he's a Johnson. I think Bob Iger is a Johnson kind of guy. He calls it his wedding tackle. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly Bob Iger is like Austin Powers and shit. His his dangle and two bits or whatever. Yeah. Um mm, I just bought Star Wars. Suck on my Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying that to but himself in, in a mirror. Know. Like psyching himself up. Um, to Chris's credit, you know, I, I believe cock is more associative to the penis because the cock born. refers to the male rooster who, oh, see, you now, know, is, is is the king of the roost. I didn't expect this. Will is, the Will is breaking this shit down like a Force Awakens trailer. <laughs> He's like, oh, let me give you I some am. history on cock. But, but he, you know, he, like, he brings facts. Yeah, I I do. <laughs> but you know, I can't really think of a, a situation where Dick, you know. Has another connota- another a more phallic connotation. All right. I, know, I just I prefer my ladies. Like I don't know. To me, it just sounds like if I was with a lady or a man, for that matter. I, you know, I don't know. I just prefer him to call it cock. Disappointed to hear you guys it, are dick it, men. Although it I respect sounds commanding. Being a penis man. It, it yeah. is. Well, I, Got see, some bite. I, All right. Those, like KD dickhead wouldn't have been as good either. See, that's, that's the thing. To me, cock is, is, is a funny thing to say. Like, uh, it, like I can't take myself seriously. Uh, I apologize for running off so many of your listeners. <laughs> I'm so, so, whoa. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? We should have given an adult <laughs> warning for, like, I mean, anyone that listens to I, the I talked in vivid detail about getting a prostate exam. I can't imagine that this is going to scare them off. Maybe, but who knows. All right. I doubt it. Here's our, here's our buddy Brad. Hey guys, it may have come up before, but for some reason lately I have been appreciating the Star Wars vehicles more. Curious as to your guys' favorite and least favorite vehicles. I just love how the speeder bikes basically is basically the motorcycle and the Star Destroyers are basically a mix-up of an aircraft carrier and a battleship. So many great parallels. 
It also really fun. It's also really fun to think about how different modes of transport would translate into Star Wars. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, what would a skateboard look like in the Star Wars universe? Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> like, Brad warned me on this. Question. Fuck skateboarding. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brad warned me. He was like, I'm going to send in an email about... Because I play, I play Xbox with Brad a pretty good bit now. And uh, he was like, oh, you're going to have Chris on? I'm going to send in an email about skateboards. He fucking hates skateboards. <laughs> I also... That's just me trolling the colonel as well. So, what's... Uh, What's your favorite? We'll start with you, Chris, and then we'll go with Will. What's your favorite and least favorite Star Wars vehicle? I love the Imperial Shuttle. Um, I got the re-release actually sitting on the table that I'm podcasting at. I have always just loved that ship. Um, I think it's, I don't know, I just love the look of it. Um, I don't like the ones on Rebels, um, but the classic Imperial Shuttle uh, like that's floating in, in um, Return of a Jedi, just yeah. awesome. Um, least favorite, maybe like a Monkel cruiser or something. Oh, you don't really like those? Like, yeah, I, I don't care for them. Like, they just sort of look like an aircraft hangar. Um, right. I don't know. I gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. Will, what about you? Favorite and least favorite vehicles in Star Wars? My favorite out of sheer nostalgia, just because it was when I was a kid. It's hard to pick a favorite, but, um... I really like the speeder bikes, but the snow speeder, the snow sp- oh. dude, something about the snow speeder was my favorite. Just as a kid, I loved a snow speeder. Um, and my least favorite is that there's this shot in the prequels when Yoda is on Kashyyyk and the clone troopers are going at it with the Confederation. And there's this giant. It's almost an ATST like with a guy it looks sticking like a out of the van, top. but it's got giant rollers. Oh, you that's know? Th- th- oh, yeah. I know the thing you're talking about. That very it's thing is that a the bunch be- of missiles. It's in the it's begin- in Rogue One, isn't it? Yep, it's in the very beginning of Rogue One. It's what uh, Jen is riding on when they break her out. On I don't that. care for that. Okay, I got you. It's got like I don't like it. It seems ridiculous. Seems like it'd be easy to tip over, not easy to turn. So, least favorite and favorite vehicles. Um, that's a tough one. I'm not a huge fan of the bongo from... Actually, you know what? I kind of take that back. I kind of think that looks neat, and it looks kind of like a squid from the Phantom Menace. I do not like the Naboo Starfighters, if those count. Those would probably oh, be really? my least favorite. Um, and most favorite vehicle... Vehicle. I'm trying to keep it more vehicle-based. Maybe it'd probably be the AT-AT if I really think about it. I really dig yeah. the AT-AT. I think <laughs> toys come into play with your love of stuff they like do. that as well. They yeah. definitely do. That's why the Snowspeeder, because I had the toy, and I played with it mm. for hours. I really and like, like uh, Luke's I'm, Speeder, too, from A New Hope. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's one that I'm just always like, that I feel like I, I overlook sometimes when I think about that sort of stuff. I like the Naboo Starfighter. I hate the helmets. They seem ridiculous. I was was about to say, I hate the poncho helmet combo that Luke and Leia wear in Return of a Jedi on the speeder bike. Really? You don't like their their indoor forest gear? No, not a fan. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Luke looks much cooler without all that get-up on. You can't really beat that. I wonder if... 
No, I don't know. I was about to say, I wonder if they had him wear that poncho because the black looked weird, like it was some technical thing in when the they jungle. were filming the, the speeder bike chase, but I can't see that necessarily being the reason why. They probably just did it so they could have a different outfit on him for a little bit. I don't like the droid starfighters that like walk on two legs and then fly. Yeah, yeah. The vultures, I guess, is what they're... No. Yeah, I think you're right. Vulture no, droids? No. Yeah, those little things that are attacking them at the start of Revenge of a Sith. Not, those not, are buzzer droids. Not. Those are those, buzz droids. Or... Were they? Oh, okay. They look like ticks or something. I'm not a huge fan of... Yeah. Or they actually look like a set of boobs, kind of. Like when they pop up, it <laughs> looks like do. they got like... They're like that dude from Little Nicky that's got the boobs on his head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, uh, we're going to try and get at least one more in, depending on time. So we got Connor here. He says, hey, Halls and Will. So I'm a wildlife sciences grad student here at MSU studying wildlife and ecology. Right on. Just wondering if y'all would like to see more cool creatures, maybe not the, tr- the kind that try to kill the heroes again, even though those are still cool, and wanted to know what y'all's favorite creature slash monster. Also, Halls, unfortunately, the bomb-ass hunt club ain't there no mo. They turned it into a bowl. They turned it and the bowling alley next door into a fucking grocery store. If y'all are ever in Starkville again, hit me up and we'll get silly. Hell State, Q cowbell ring, Connor from Starkville. Right on. So, all right, this is another. We'll we'll uh, we'll do the same order. Chris, favorite and uh, creature, and would you like to see more creatures in Star Wars? Yeah, I thought Force Awakens sort of lacked a little bit. In yeah. standout creatures, like I wasn't a Rathtar guy at all. I, Me neither. I, in fact, when I saw it the second time, the Rathtar scene was when I chose to go to the toilet. The Rathtar um, scene is still my least favorite part of The Force Awakens. In a yeah. movie that I really liked and I, and, I love, and but so that weird, one part the is... The scene right not... before the Rathtars get released, excellent. When the, the mm, Death Squad show yeah, up, yeah. and the, that scene is really awesome, and then the Rathtars happen, and you're like, ugh. Well, I yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry, sorry, busted up in there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess the Rancor just once again toy based. Oh, that Rancor toy it... looked like a giant turd, but was it cool? <laughs> it looked like yeah, a turd was... with teeth. But I hate that. Fu- I, I tell you what. I know he didn't ask what we hate. I hate that thing Obi Wan's riding in Revenge of the Sith that makes that awful sound. Oh, the big lizard. Um, when he's yeah, when he's on Unterpow. I want to be Iguana. friends with that uh, big lizard, but. It's not oh, like I'm so, like such oh. a, so fucking noisy that thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Noise the shit out. Of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it echoes. Mm. Uh, Will, Wait, we'll do least a favorite and favorite. Will, you got a favorite and least favorite creature? Um, I guess my favorite is that little creature sitting with Jabba. Um, Salacious Crumb. Oh God, Salacious, oh, Salacious Crumb. Crumb. I yeah. like Salacious Crumb, and I like the way he laughs. I mean. That's he's probably my favorite little animal creature. My least favorite, um, uh, what is, is it? The Ackley, like the mantis thing. That's my when, least favorite. Uh, in the well, in Geonosis. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it because yeah, I missed the it, mark with all of them. Yeah, yeah, and the tiger spider or whatever it was, and the rhinoceros, the space rhinoceros, mm. the space ni- rhinoceros, which I think is called a pronto, or is that the big thing from? the special edition of new hope 
That's a Ronto. Yeah, that's a Brontosaurus-looking thing, isn't it? Yeah, the the Rhino thing is the one that seems to fit the most. The cat with the all the eyes freaks me out because it's like you take one of my favorite things and mix it with my absolute least favorite thing, a spider. And then I the big mantis just freaks me out, so it's my least favorite. Well, Salacious Crumb and Jabba, like when I saw Return of a Jedi, I would have been about four when it was out in the cinemas, and that uh, that broke me. Like I shit myself. <laughs> Did you... I think it was just a combination of this giant slug and this little thing laughing and stuff, and it was all a bit too much for me. So when I started wanting being able to appreciate Star Wars toys when I was a kid, they were re- honestly nowhere to be found. But somehow for Christmas, my parents dug up the Jabba throne room playset that's just Jabba mm-hmm. on like the the little dais and it comes with the little salacious crumb and like and you a could bong. and yep and it comes with a giant bong and you could slide it back and like you know it had the trap door that was really shallow and like in the plastic where like I guess you could drop Luke or whatever it had all these molded bones and skulls and stuff I guess to signify like you know that the rancor had eaten people and spit their bones out in there man that freaked me out as a kid. Like I would open it and look at it and be like, no, that fucking freaks me out. I'm like four at the time or so. But yeah, that, I, that's my favorite. Uh, much like Chris is the, is the rancor for that very reason. Once again, the rancor, apparently an easy toy to find, you know, five or six years after return of the Jedi came out. Cause I had that one for sure. And I know that it's old, but uh, okay. One of the best looking creatures, one of the, yeah. I mean, and I know the CGI was more advanced in Attack of the Clones, but something about that Rancor it looks was better more, to me. More convincing and more believable. Have you ever seen uh, the, when I? I was going to say, have you ever seen the behind say, the scenes stuff for Return of the Jedi, where they show some of the early tests they did for the Rancor, and they were literally going to do a guy that was in like a Godzilla style suit, and it looks oh, awful. No. I'm so glad they didn't go with it. I always thought it was awesome in Knights of the Old Republic when Rancors were running around when you first sort of encounter them. Yep. And I don't know, there was just something really cool about bumping into one in the wild. Fighting them in Force Unleashed, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that one was pretty cool too. There's a fairly big Rancor battle in two, like where you're fighting one in like an arena. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Can't wait. Like a super until, Rancor or something. Can't wait until they put out an awesome Star Wars video game. It's got to happen sooner than later. Um, well, I think we're about running out of time with our awesome guest this evening, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, any emails or voicemails we didn't get to this week, uh, you know we'll get to them next week. Especially because uh, I think next week's going to be dead, the week before celebration. Uh, it's a calm before the storm. Indeed. I hope it's a crazy storm. I'm, I'm expecting some big things. We'll see. Uh, Chris, buddy, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you tell our good listeners where they can find you, um, your podcast and your Twitter account and all that good stuff. Thank you, and I'm sorry. And <laughs> you can find um, Geek Dudes on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geek Dudes. And we're on Twitter at Geek Dudes. Um, probably a bit more active on the Facebook page than the Twitter. I am on Twitter at Chris Fresh, which is C R I S Fresh. Um, and yeah, I, if you're international, I think Hey Hey, it's the podcast probably wouldn't hit home for you. It's very Australian. 
um, and a lot of the references and stuff probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't catch on with international listeners. But um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I I love the show. Um, well, thanks for coming on. Buddy. If you listen, if you. If you listen to this, uh, leave these guys a five star review. They do an awesome show, and um, it's I I think with Geek Dudes, what I try and do is make it sound like it's a bunch of friends sitting around just shooting the shit without it being too contrived and too forced. And I think you guys do a really good job of that. Like when I listen to you guys, it's like I'm hanging with you. So it's sort of almost surreal a little bit to be chatting with you guys in person. Well, thanks so much, buddy. I really appreciate yeah. that. That's really awesome, man. We really appreciate having you on. It's been a blast. I cannot uh, suggest Geek Dudes to you guys that are listening anymore, man. You guys got to check it out. You guys do an every other week release, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we do, we do it fortnightly. Um, it's not safe for work. It's like not. We have attempted at times to fly straight. It's like, yeah, we're, we're not going to let this devolve into something debaucherous. But then it's like... There's a million podcasts out there that play it straight. Fuck it, <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna do it the way we want to do it. It is not safe for work. Um, uh, we're very tongue in cheek. We're not too serious with anything at all. Everything's fair game. Um, yeah, we're not your safe haven, which is my new catchphrase that I'm pushing. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I give it a listen. I hope I hope people enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy recording it. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, check out Geek Dudes. Check out Stone Cobra. You hear me say it every mm. week, guys. Check out our buddies, man. You can check them out at iTunes, Spotify. Spotify is so easy to check them out on. It's so easy. And at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And uh, other than that, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. For Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. And our guest has been... Chris Fresh. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.